It's the NFFL Podcast coming at you after the first half of the 2021 season. With a theme song that is sometimes just a tad too long. Welcome back, and as of this week, officially, the entire league has access to the NFFL podcast. Welcome in E-Town's owner. You have been added to the, the ring chat, and you have access, and according to you, this podcast is lit, and... I was able to fix all the issues with Spotify. You can now find this and only this podcast for the NFFL on Spotify. Tonight, we've got a new guest host in studio, Bizzle himself. Welcome on board, Bizzle. Thank you, Head. Thank you. It's always good to be here. Good to be with you. And Josh, welcome to the podcast world. I'm glad you can listen on and give a thumbs up. I like having this studio audience. Have to encourage them sometimes, though. Absolutely. That's what we need. I feed off that audience. Yeah, hopefully they don't get too ratty. <laughs> I need their energy. Yes. <laughs> As I mentioned, Bizzle, we're officially at the midpoint of the season. And this week, to kick it off, we had six interconference uh, games. Everyone was playing someone from the other conference. And uh, we'll, we'll look at how that went in just a little bit. But first, as we do... Every week, got a little bit of a little bit of funky news, and uh, I didn't bother going through all of the injuries because there was a lot of them. There are uh, five, five that we'll point out. Uh, Miles Sanders ankle injury. Believe that's gonna impact the Eagles running game. Josh Jacobs with a chest injury. Not gonna be long term, and he'll be back after their bye. Johnu Smith. For some reason, still starting on a roster. Shoulder injury. So uh, if he's on your roster, you know who you are. Monitor his practicing. And you know what? Don't even bother. Just keep him starting. <laughs> cut him. Cut him. <laughs> Quincy Wilson. This one hurt me bad. Concussion. And Malcolm Brown. Quad injury. Dizzle, are there any other uh, injuries that you have heard of that you think we shouldn't be aware of? You know... I mean, the Miles Sanders one, I think, is the one that stuck out with me. Because I, I, I feel like he's he was supposed to have a really good second half. He still can. He still can. But um, I was surprised when I got that text from Joe thanking mm -hmm. me for trading him his backup. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe. Yeah, Homer. Anyway, those are your injuries. And, you know, let's just dive right in. Since this is our midseason and we've got our trading deadline in just a few weeks, let's take a look at some of our more recent trades and uh, let's set it up with a fun little look back at the league. All right, I've been thinking about this a lot and I think our league is lacking something. A giant. As you can all see, all of our teams suck. Some of the lineups aren't even legal. I would like to propose to you what I call the eight-way trade. 
Now, it wasn't quite an eight-way, but let's kick this off with the three-way trade that just took place uh, five days ago. Why, why don't you take the reins on this one and, and lay out the details for us on this one, Bizzle? You were involved in that. I was involved. Actually, I was the mastermind. I was <laughs> the man proposing the three-way inside <laughs> the, the Telnet conference. You know, I was driving my kids to school, and I was thinking about you know what my team needed having conversations with both Chuck and Rob and what their teams needed. And I was like, wait a second, we can make this work. So I got home, I put work to the side and I was like, okay, this is what I need. This is what they need. This is what I'm willing to give up. This is what I think they're willing to give up. I called Chuck. Chuck's like, I'm in. Then I had to get a hold of Rob. Rob was a little bit more like, well, I need to look things over. And I respect that. But I think this was a trade that really worked to every team's strength and weakness. Every team, I think, was willing to give up a little bit of something and got something that they needed. And I and of all the and there hasn't been many three ways in our league, um, but this one really, without any picks involved, I think every team is going to leave and has left satisfied with what they got. Does a three way require a phone call to John? Oh, you know what? I don't think so. I think only if one of them gets penetrated in the wrong hole does that need a phone call. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> just just for uh, just for our own benefit, recapping: Flutie Flakes walks away with Aaron Jones. Jim Kelly hates cancer. Walks away with AJ Brown and Nick Chubb. And Hater, I mean Hater Tech, Hater walks tech. away with Kareem Hunt. Yes, I'm reading from the original email. Walks away with Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaskin, Khalil Mack, and Michael Carter. It looks like it's pretty even across the board. Can't say one team really fleeced any of the others. So good job there all around, guys. Yeah, good trade. Good trade, guys. I, it's always good to see trades happening. This last week was really encouraging. I mean, we had several trades. I was excited to be a part of that one and a few others, but I'll tell you what. I was I was on cloud nine when I got a three-way happening. Doesn't happen every year. It it doesn't. <laughs> there were <laughs> there there were four more. Yes, you heard it. Bizzle was part of a three-way. Uh there were far more trades that we're gonna look at. Uh I label this next one Deontay goes for three. It took place between Diamond Dogs and Flutie Flakes. Bizzle, you got Deontay Johnson and gave Diamond Dogs, Eli Mitchell, Rondale Moore, and Micah Parsons. Tell me a little bit about that one. Ben was really looking for running back depth, especially with the bye weeks coming up. Um, he also talked about a hole that he had in defense. And so I was trying to get a couple other guys. He wasn't budging. I knew he was a little bit lower on Deontay. And so that was the move that we agreed to. And again, this is a trade I think will work well for both of us. Eli Mitchell is the starting running back for San Fran. I don't think he's going to be stepping down anytime soon. And he showed well this week, the week that Ben really needed to fill a hole in. Uh, Mitchell scored him 16 points. That worked out well for him. And Deontay Johnson just gives me that depth at wide receiver. Uh, and he stepped in well last week when I had some injury woes. So I'm excited for that move for both of us. Yeah, Eli really has taken the reins as that number one back for uh, San Fran. So, yeah. The missile has launched. The missile has launched. Another beneficial trade there. Congratulations. Yay. Yay. 
And uh, <laughs> lest you not think that Bizzle's been involved in every trade this week, uh, Hater Tech was in on another trade. Uh, Hater Tech and E-Town. Uh, now, this trade involved uh, more than just a quarterback and a wide receiver, but really looking at it on paper, that's really what happened. Uh, E-Town uh, received Sam Darnold and Chris Godwin while Hater Tech received Miles Sanders and Aaron Rodgers. So really, it was pretty much Aaron Rodgers for Chris Godwin there. What do you think about that one, Bizzle? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I mean, especially with Sam Darnold getting benched, Miles Sanders getting hurt, it really was uh, Rodgers for Godwin. However, I, I would give the edge to Hater Tech only because I think Miles Sanders isn't done for the year. I think he's going to come back. I think he's going to have a solid second half. Um, Sam Darnold, I mean, I don't think I don't think you get much out of him. I do know that E Town needed wide receiver depth, and he has other quarterback options. So, I mean, he knows what he's doing. It could work out either way. Um, but I would edge that trade personally uh, to Hater Tech. I really would, especially considering Chris is just. He's one of so many mouths to feed in Tampa. And when you've got A.B., Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk comes back healthy. That right there is four pass catchers that are competing for targets. And if Chris isn't catching touchdowns, he's almost invisible. <laughs> so I would I would definitely agree that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like one week, like he had, he, he can get 15 or 20 points. And the next week he can get. Six, and you just never know with these Tampa wide receivers what you're going to get. Wide receivers volatile, and Chris is even more so. <laughs> yep, totally agree. All right, next up, let's look at another Flutie Flakes trade between Flutie Flakes and Gridiron Mafia, where we have a bench running back going for a rookie wide receiver. That's uh. Good old Kenny Gainwell heading off to Gridiron Mafia in exchange for Rashad Bateman. Give us some details on that one. Yeah, I was needing um, some wide receiver depth because um, Bimageddon hit me hard <laughs> this week and I needed something and there was nothing on the waiver wire that looked appealing to me. Uh, so I just threw a trade out there to Joe and and he took it. And good for him because now he has Miles Sanders backup. So that's hopefully it'll pay off well for him. And I'm hoping that Bateman, who I'm pretty high on in Baltimore, uh, I think he'll pay off for me as well. So, but I think right now, I think the edge is going to him just because of that running back depth and that running back depth is hard to come by. It really is. And uh, although if the Eagles remember, they have a running back, uh, they're almost worse than Andy Reed at times. I think <laughs> that's true. That is true. What was it just three <laughs> Just three weeks ago that they only ran the ball like three times and there weren't many passes going to him. <laughs> yeah, but Gainwell, he is the patch cut catching, catching guy. So he is, anyone so. in the backfield is going to catch him like him. Yeah, so just slotting him in as a starter is actually a pretty decent, pretty decent move there. So congratulations on another one. So far involved in three out of four trades. But you weren't in the fifth one. Uh, this one is the quads for points trade. Took place just yesterday. Yesterday? No. Yeah. Just yesterday. Yeah, last night. My dates are wrong on my notes page there. Uh, between Ninja Panthers and John, John Kelly. Jim Kelly hates cancer. I don't know where John came from. <laughs> don't ever tell Jim Kelly that we called him John Kelly. <laughs> I'll try not to. 
Uh, I'll try not to. Uh, and this involved Jim Kelly hates cancer walking away with Saquad Barkley in exchange for sending DeAndre Hopkins and Khalil Herbert over to Ninja Panthers. Uh, so why don't you give me your thoughts on that one? I mean, it's a good move. I think it was um, risky on both guys with injury history. I I like Ninja Panther's pull on this one. I really don't trust Saquon. I've had him for two years. The guy just can't stay healthy. As much as I love, you know, acquiring running backs, um, I feel like Hopkins and Herbert, Khalil Herbert looks like a stud. He's been an, he's been a surprise. He has been, Ed. And I feel like even though even when Montgomery comes back, it's gonna muddy that, you know, backfield, I'm sure, because Herbert's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And Hopkins, I know that there's a lot of hands that need to be fed, mouths to be fed in that, you know, in Arizona, but he always makes it happen. I mean, I, I like Ninja Panthers pulling this, but if Barkley can stay healthy, then then Chuck just he pulled one over on all of us, and I think that makes him the front runner. But I just don't trust Barkley staying healthy. That's that's the thing for me. I mean, he started the the season coming off that major injury surgery. He's already had that really just fluke ankle injury, and he's trying to come back from that. Yeah, I'm with you there. And DeAndre's DeAndre. I mean, what are you going to say about that? <laughs> but yeah, I don't think we had any. Uh, don't think we had any trade rapes this time around, so... No, good trades for everyone. Congratulations totally to everyone. Anytime we can see trades happening, I love it. That's if right. anyone wants to make trades with me, give me a call. Is there anyone left that you haven't traded? <laughs> <laughs> Bizzle will trade your mom. I already traded her. <laughs> okay, he'll trade your grandma. There we go. All right, so let's <laughs> take a look at all these interconference games that took place in week seven. Week seven in the books. Let's start with Lance Manlove taking on E-Town Azen. This one uh, wound out. We only had, uh, I believe, two teams that cracked 200 points this week. This is one of them. Uh, 205.92 to 133.72. That is a 72.20 point margin of victory for Lance Manlove, which earns them the whoop-ass victory. Of the week. Let's talk about some studs in this matchup. Damian Harris, second straight 100-yard day, first multi-touchdown game for him. And Chris Godwin, 8 for 111, and his first touchdown since week two. What do you think about these guys or any other studs that you saw in this matchup, Bizzle? Jason's roster, from top to bottom, is pretty solid. I Coming in, defending champ, target on his back, and he's the number one team right now. And it's, you know, just looking at his roster, he saw the running back, you know, Harris just crushed it this week. And with those two rushing touchdowns, 106 yards, I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. I didn't see that coming at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't, I didn't either. <laughs> now there were some duds, uh, <laughs> as there always are Matt Judon, 
one assisted tackle, his worst performance this season by far. Sam Darnold, uh, I think he might be seeing ghosts again. 16 for 111 and a pick, got benched. He was outscored on this roster for E-Town by a tight end, two linebackers, a defensive end, and a defensive back. And Donovan Peoples-Jones was started, but he had a pregame warm-up groin injury uh, and he did not play. So, and that kind of surprised just about everybody. Um, I, I don't know that there was even notification before the game started that he wasn't going to be starting. So kind of rough uh, on E-Town there. Not that, I don't think he would have made up 72 points, but uh, what do you think about our duds? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, he picked up People's Jones before the game started, like an hour before. So I don't think he was aware. I wasn't aware of that um, injury before the game. But man, anytime you have a goose egg on your roster, especially when you have also a guy putting up 0.4 points, yeah, you're already in the hole. It's so hard to overcome, you know, those those low scores like that. Mm-hmm. Especially on a Thursday night game, too. That's a horrible start to your week. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, starting the week like that is just the worst way to start. <laughs> well, Damian Harris and his big week were our matchup MVP. Let's move on to matchup number two. Diamond Dogs. Oh, I, I forgot to mention, I did pick Lance Manlove for this one. So I was right on that one. Diamond Dogs took on Roster Guard 99. Uh, I had picked Roster Guard 99. I was wrong. 210.62 to 172.22. 38.4 point margin of victory for Diamond Dogs. And some studs. Rookie Jamar Chase for Cincinnati. 8 for 201 yards and a touchdown versus the fourth best defense against wide receivers this season. His teammate, CJ Uzoma, a uh, new pickup for Diamond Dogs after a rough week at tight end last week. His second multi-touchdown game in a month. And Marcus Golden, two sacks, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovered. Talk to us about studs in this matchup. I'll tell you what, there were some studs in this matchup, both on offense and defense. I mean, Murray looked good, but you have to give it to Chase. I mean... My goodness, Jamar Chase, he has to be a top five dynasty wide receiver in our league right now. I mean, the way he's looking in the first seven games of his career, it's impressive. Oh, indeed. And just statistically, year to date, he is our number two wide receiver with 131.10 points uh, scored so far in the season. It's It's amazing. But there's so much... On both sides, honestly, what killed John was he had to, just based on his roster, put those two guys that were out in in the starting lineup. Otherwise, it would have been a much, much closer game. Yeah, this is definitely a punt for Mm Bymageddon. Speaking of punting, there were some duds. Uh, I'll mention Chester Rogers, one of the aforementioned healthy scratch that was started, and Kenny Galladay, an injured wide receiver that was started just because of the Bymageddon punt. Any other duds that uh, you want to point out there? Well, I mean, Ben did start two San Fran running backs, and one did all the work, and the other did nothing. So, <laughs> uh, yes. thankfully, Kyle thankfully he had... <laughs> Yeah, thankfully he had enough points between the two to make it okay, (laughs) but all the points were with one. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, if you're going to start a stack, you kind of want both of them to do something, but yeah. yeah. Even one carry would have been good. (laughs) Something. Yeah, he 
usually touches the ball once or twice, but I don't know what happened in that monsoon they had. Obviously, Jamar Chase was the matchup MVP for this game. Matchup number three featured Awful Waffles taking on Jim Kelly Hates Cancer. I had Jim Kelly Hates Cancer taking this one. Uh, I was wrong again. 16011 to 136.93. That's a 23.18 point margin of victory for the Waffles. Uh, getting off their skid there. Studs in this one. AJ Brown, eight receptions, 133 yards, and a touchdown. He outscored their quarterback that started for the Waffles this week, Jared Goff. No big surprise there. And everyone else on the roster except for Alvin Kamara. Uh, any other studs you want to bring up for this matchup? You know, Lamar Jackson looked good enough. He does what he does, which is he runs the ball. He can pass a touchdown or two. You know, he does just enough to get you those solid points every week. And that really helps Waffles when he needs the points. He has a quarterback that is able to put up minimum 20 to 25 points every week. And clearly with a 160 to 130 game here, there probably aren't going to be many major studs, but there's there's going to be a couple of duds. I'm thinking Damian Williams, huge drop off after last week, 50 total yards in that pasting that the Titans put on the Chiefs. And Aaron Donald, two whole assisted tackles. What do you think about our duds going in this week? You know, when I look at the duds, I I mean, the, the wide receivers really on both teams, if you take away Hopkins and A.J. Brown, neither side really did much beyond those two. Um, I look at Ayuk. I mean, I'm looking at Callaway, Odell Beckham. Like, they're just not putting up the numbers that people were expecting going into the season. And clearly, Alvin Kamara is the MVP of this matchup. I have nothing else to say about this game, so let's move on. Our projected Toilet Bowl game of the week. Did not turn out to be the biggest blowout, but eh, still wasn't the best game either. Gridiron Mafia took on Hater Tech. I had taken Hater Tech to be the surprise. I was not right. 196.02 to 162.88. That's a 33.14 point margin of victory for Gridiron Mafia. Studs in this one. DeAndre Swift, 48 rushing yards, 96 receiving yards. Pretty much the only bright spot in Detroit week in and week out. Mike Evans, three touchdowns. This dude has no single touchdown games this season. They're all either two touchdowns or three. And Foye Oluikon. I have no clue how to pronounce that one. Linebacker for Atlanta. Eight tackles, five assists, one interception, and one pass defended. Spoiler alert, he's the matchup MVP for this matchup. But very nice uh, defensive uh, standout there. What do you got for studs this week? I look at Rob's roster and his recent pickups. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. And he picked up Mike Evans before week one. Melvin Gordon. He, you can see just by looking at his offense that he's trying to turn his roster around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm impressed with what he's doing. Even though he lost the game, you can see the works being put in and, and we're seeing a turn in hater tech. Oh, definitely. It's it's not going to be an overnight thing, but the work is definitely there and the foundation is being laid for a rally. Now for duds, Mike Davis. 
coming off the bye, four hole touches for 10 yards. Clearly, it's not going to be him in the feature back role for Atlanta. And Khalil Mack, one tackle. He had three weeks straight with a sack, and this week he just had a tackle. Yeah, that you know that Khalil Mack tackle game was just shocking. He's been tearing it up in that you know that role that he's playing in Chicago. So I was really surprised to see that. You know, defense on both sides really put these scores so low. I mean, we had zeros on both sides on the defense. We really need to see those scores up there. Yeah, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's coming from Bizzle. And, and listen, both of them would have beat me this week. So, <laughs> yeah, I would have lost to Gridiron. I would have beat Hater Tech. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, I mentioned a matchup MVP was Foyer. Not going to try to pronounce his last name again. Our penultimate matchup from week seven, Ninja Panthers took on Flutie Flakes. I had Flutie Flakes as my pick, and this was a close one. Not because teams were great. Uh, 157.20 to 160.52. Flutie Flakes, uh, Bizzle, you guys squeaked out with 3.32 point margin of victory. A couple of studs to point out. Debo Samuel, studly in his return to action. Pretty much the focal point of San Francisco's passing offense. And Carson Wentz in that very same game. Three total touchdowns in the uh, uh, the flood that was falling from the sky. Any other studs you want to point out there? Well, none on my offense, but my defense <laughs> picked up the slack because my offense didn't even show up. So honestly, Campbell with his 10 tackle or tackles, his two forced fumbles, you know, Duggar with his seven tackles, his interception, uh, Walker with his 13.6 points. Like I I'm telling you what, if I didn't have a defense, I would have been the worst in the league by far this week. It was pathetic. <laughs> uh, yeah, you were actually the number. Well, you rank at number 11, uh, defensively according to Scott's stats, but you and E-Town both only managed 77.32 points offensively. <laughs> You're both dead last tied at 11, so. Yeah, it was rough. It was a rough week for us. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, you're number two defensively with 83.20. Your defense really did outscore your offense. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about some of those duds. Uh, Daryl Henderson had a just really confusingly sad day against the worst rushing defense in the league. Jacoby Myers. The Patriots just walked all over the Jets 54 to 13 and this guy still has no touchdown. And Patrick Nahomes, Nahomes, no homes. No magic versus the eighth worst defense against quarterbacks. Thoughts since uh, especially since you've got Patrick? Honestly, that was the most frustrating part of my weekend was watching Kansas City do nothing and Mahomes forcing the ball in places that he shouldn't be forcing and trying like left-handed passes and throwing it up in the air as he's getting sacked. And it's just like, I'm watching this thinking, 
what are you doing to my team, man? You you didn't eat your foodie flakes today. <laughs> this is a bust. Come on. 13 points. And then that oh that needed a head to end his game. I was just I just wanted a touchdown. I just needed something. And he goes down like that. Uh Tyreek Hill's the last drive is the, got him half his points. Without that last drive, he I would have lost the game. It was it was rough. That entire that Kansas City team. Oh, making me sweat this year. <laughs> oh, indeed. And uh well, our our matchup MVP for this game is uh Devondre Campbell, number 3 linebacker on the week with his 24.40 points. Let's move on to our what was our projected game of the week. I'm not going to give it the sound because it was shaping up to be until Sunday night. Uh, night Shift took on Bear Boonda's Nightmare. Uh, 174.28 to 197.47. Bear Boonda took it by 23.19 points. Studs. Cooper, a couple more touchdowns. Two more of them this week. And Deion Jones, 11 tackles, four assists, and a sack. Another Atlanta defensive uh, player who, spoiler alert, is going to be the MVP for this matchup. What do you think about studs from this matchup there, Bizzle? You know, Kyle Pitts, he didn't have a great September, but he is really showing that rookie tight ends are capable of being a force in this league. And I know going into this year, you know, people talked about his, you know, wingspan and he pretty much, he's like a wide receiver in a tight end position. Um, and he's shown the last two weeks that he belongs and he is fantasy relevant by far. Uh, and Patterson, I mean, honestly, if you look at DB's Falcons, his Falcons are what wins him the game. Mm-hmm. You know, Patterson, you talked about Deion Jones, Pitts, like he has some, some Falcon studs on that team. He did manage to find some diamonds in that rough. Now, on the dead side of the coin, Quincy Williams, a tackle and a pass defended before having to leave with a concussion. Uh, just rough. And Buda Baker, tackle and assist. Second straight week with that identical stat line. Uh, any other duds you want to point out there? You know, I mean, I'm looking at Mooney and Lockett, your two wide receivers that, you know, last <laughs> week, I mean, last week, Mooney put up great points and Lockett had, uh, where's he been since week two? It's he's missing. However, I mean, Russell Wilson's gone. Yeah, that's, that's been the biggest thing to hurt Lockett. He was targeted on at least three throws that if, if there was a better quarterback making those throws, he would have had a much better day. He, he's got some of the surest hands on the team, and you've already got DK fighting with... DK wasn't even targeted from the first quarter to the fourth quarter, really. Yeah. And so it, it's it it's Gino. It's Gino. I only started him because I really had no one else. <laughs> I I mean, what didn't he get punched when he was a Jet by like his teammate? Wasn't that a thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason. He doesn't belong in the league. Get him out. <laughs> it's Gino. If it wasn't by Mageddon, uh, he would have been riding the pine this week. As I mentioned, Deion Jones was the matchup MVP. Let's give uh, out some love to some 
MVPs. I always feel like I should have a lighter at this point in the podcast. So uh, let's start with, uh, well, since we've talked about defense a lot, let's start with him. The Telnet Defensive Player of the Week is Dion Jones. Uh, he's defensive back for Bear Boonda's Nightmare. 11 tackles, 4 assists, 1 sack, 26.80 points. And for Sparcy, Demario Davis, linebacker for Lance Manlove. 7 tackles, 3 assisted tackles. Two sacks and one pass defended. 26.60 points. On the offensive side of the ball, Talnet's Offensive Player of the Week goes to Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for Hater Tech. 27 completions, 274 yards, three touchdowns, and tacked on another 17 rushing yards. Good for 38.68 points. And Sparcy's Offensive Player of the Week, Cooper Cup, wide receiver for Night Shift. 10... Receptions, 156 yards and two touchdowns. No clue why I let that 10 hang in the air like that. Good for 32.60 points. I have no clue. <laughs> He's so good. He I is. Like, I don't get it. He's so good this year. He he was good with Goff, and now that they've found a legitimate quarterback in trading uh, for Stafford, he's even better. <laughs> he's like a cheat code this year. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. He is. All right, so that's your Week 7 MVPs, or your uh, Players of the Week. Let's look at your Week 7 poopers. The brown note! Now, as I remind you at home every week, poopers are not injured players. I do not consider them poopers. Poopers are players who had to have played for their team in the NFFL this week and failed miserably to meet their projections. Now, Bizzle, do you want to play makeup? poop and bathroom related puns for players or do you just want to go straight reading the names um if some come out it happens but you know (laughs) we'll see we'll play it by ear whatever happens happens okay well let's 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 go uh every other i'll I'll start off with puda baker daryl henderson aaron jones marcus williams bobby anderson patrick Shit the bed, Mahomes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, you pissed me off this week. <laughs> I was timing it out so you had that one. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Aaron Donald. Jerome Baker. Chase Young. Kyle Oshit. Oh, shit. Use check. <laughs> Who had a goose? I can't find my goose sound effect right at the moment, uh, but it, it it's there. <laughs> Tyler Lockett. Poor guy. Zach, don't come in here, Cunningham. <laughs> Tim Patrick. OJ Howard. Patrick Queen. Khalil mm, Smack. <laughs> uh, Kenny Clark. <laughs> 
and what can you do with Mike Davis? There's just nothing there. <laughs> nothing there. Except for watching his game. That'll make you shit. Oh, yeah. Matt Judon. Jordan Schick. Am I allowed to say that? Are you censoring me? <laughs> you can say that this has an explicit label on it when it gets posted, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> you listen to this, right? <laughs> Jordan Hicks. Uh, Sony Michelle. <laughs> and last but not, not least, Sam Darnold. Oh, oh yes. Not good enough, damn it. Not good enough. That's right. <laughs> it's your poopers of the week. Oh, man. Now, something different this week. Bizzle and I are going to evaluate our midseason performance. The name of that track is Victory is Mine, and every time I look at it, I want to hear Stewie Griffin. So uh, what we're going to do here is uh, I've got a rough structure here. We're going to look at some winners and losers and some surprises and disappointments from the first half of the season. And then looking ahead at the second half, we've got some uh, ideas there as well, and I'll leave those until we get to that. So looking at the first half, for the NFFL, some winners. Let's start with Lance Manlove. They, they've had a very strong start to their title defense. They are currently 6-1. and one. They are all alone in first place. No one else has matched their record. Offensively, they rank number five in the league. Defensively, they rank number one in the league currently, which blows me away. Okay, defensively, they rank number two. Scott, you have them in the wrong spot because they're 522 and Flutie Flakes is 526. Yeah, boy. <laughs> which means overall, Lance Manlove actually ranks number three in the league as far as overall points scored. They're one of only three teams that have outscored their projections year to date. So uh, I would definitely label them a winner. What do you think, Bizzle? They're so impressive this year. I mean, he has a much better team than he had last year. And he has some holes. I mean, I don't think there's anyone in our league that is a super team this year. But last year's Lance Manlove team just got hot at the right time, but it wasn't a great team. This year's team, Lance Manlove is putting out, is much better. He's a force. We'll see what happens. It's going to be tough this year, though. Now, I also put uh, Roster Guard 99 in my list of winners. Uh, they're rebounding strong after a couple years in the basement. I and mean, was it just two years ago they were the Pierce? Maybe three years ago? Had some bad trades that they'd mortgaged their future, and those trades just didn't pan out. Year to date, they might not be as strong. But currently, uh, when it comes to the league, they're still offensively they're in the top seven. <laughs> Defensively, top six. Uh, you know, they're they're in the top half of the league in points. But when it comes down to record, they're number two in the league. They lead the Telnet Conference. Any any thoughts on your uh, your conference mate there? Oh man, he might not be putting up the points that other teams are putting up. But in the end of the day, when you play him, he's outscoring you. He's beat me. Uh, he's beat pretty much everyone he's played. I'm impressed. I'm ex I, it's always good when uh, a legacy team like John's 
uh, is doing well. And so I'm excited to see, hopefully, him in the playoffs losing to Flutie Flakes. Uh, I also placed Night Shift in here, and it's not just because um, self-serving. It's because Night Shift has gotten off to their best start in franchise history. Scott mentioned a couple weeks ago... Um, Okay, I'm, I'm not going to talk about myself third person. <laughs> I've never had a season where I had six games straight breaking that 200-point barrier. And starting the season with a 5-2 and two record, uh, I'd have to look back, but that's probably right up there with best starts. And up until this week, I was actually ranking pretty steadily at number one in the league. I'm year-to-date. I I have the top offense. I have the number four defense, and I I have the overall points just beating you out by about sixty points total. I'm also with you and Lance Manlove, uh, the only three teams that have outscored our projections on the season. Uh, any thoughts on night shift? Night shift is so tough. <clears throat> just pulling up your roster right now and looking at what you have, you're just you're deep. You have a lot of depth, especially at running back. Uh, your defense is solid. You're putting up those numbers, and you're getting that consistent production from your Rams. I mean, that Stafford to Cup connection. What'd you say? You say it every week. They eat breakfast together. They <laughs> they snuggle together between you know in between halves. Um, they share a snuggie. Like I don't know what's going on out there in LA, but whatever they're doing, it's working, and it's working on your roster. That stack is legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so do you have any other NFFL winners you want to add to the list? I'm really impressed with Chuck's team and with Ben's team. I know they're both four and three. They've had some low weeks, but I feel like, you know, coming into the playoffs, they're going to be, especially if they're in the middle of the pack, um, they're going to be a team that can definitely threaten. And I have been impressed with the with the moves they've made and the teams that they put out there. So I'm, I, I would see them as winners as well. So let's look at some losers so far to this point in the season. Everyone out there in listener land probably knows that we're going to start with hater tech had a pretty questionable draft, which led to a poor start. Uh, you know, the old adage is that you can't lose, you can't win your league at the draft, but you can certainly lose it. And they did put themselves in a hole. They, uh, their last place in offense points, last place in defensive points, clearly last place in points overall. They are 137 points under their projections on the year. When you look at individual players on rosters, I'm I'm looking through the stats and I'm seeing one player in the top five at any position, and it's a defensive lineman. Uh, now, granted, they've made some trades, so they're in the process of moving moving up. But to this point in the season, I would have to firmly place him in the loser category. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's hard to not place an zero and seven team in the loser category when they've lost every single game and he traded for people before the draft that he didn't keep. Uh, I mean, that was a tough start. That was a tough start to, to his season. Um, uh, isn't I, that the Jason rule that we put in place, though? Listen, we're not putting that back in place, but 
I, I think he's learned from that. I mean, he was a little rusty. His head, you know, he had a lot going on. I understand. And Rob is, is trying to write the ship, and I think he's working on that. It's not going to be an instant turnaround with when you're in that big of a hole. Um, but I, I mean, he's showing promise. But again, you're 0-7. You're in last in points for, I, I mean, you're you're in the loser category. Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, I also put awful waffles in the loser category. Uh, sure, they've had some injuries, um, but Christian McCaffrey on the injured reserve list and losing Dalvin Cook for two weeks to injury shouldn't be the sole reason for losing your games by an average of 41 points those games that you've lost granted they they won this week and they're getting off the slide but uh they they've not i couldn't classify them as winners uh what do you think i mean awful waffles has owned me and many people in this league for years so the fact that he's two and five the fact that he's in 11th place the fact that he's losing by an average of 41 points I would think puts him in that loser category. He, um, you know, was high on players that ended up not doing well this year. And yeah, I mean, he, he has to make some moves. He hasn't done a lot of trades yet this year, which is really uncharacteristic of off the waffles. So we'll see what happens, but I would say at this point, uh, he would also fall in that category. Uh, any other NFFL losers you want to throw out there? Mm, oh yeah, I do actually. Um, I'm going to say John <laughs> Jonu Smith yes. um, being in a lineup every single week uh, when his highest Diarrhea. point total is eight, right? His oh, highest yes. point total is 8.9 points. He doesn't belong near anyone's roster, let alone a starting lineup every week, Joe. Preach. Damn it, get him out of there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Loser. I agree. Where's, oh, man. I I so agree. Hey, there's my goose. There's my goose soundtrack. Well, let's look at uh, some surprises. Clearly, uh, you know, Night Shift, Lance Man Love, you could throw them on surprises. You could throw Hater Tech and Awful Waffles for uh, not so great surprises. I'm going to throw up parody in our conference realignment. Uh, you know, we renamed them. We moved some pieces around. And up through week six, pretty much dead even now with the with the six interconference games this past week uh slight it tilts slightly in the favor of sparsey and points and head-to-head matchups but it's still i mean it's still within spitting distance of each other and it's not really you can't really say one conference dominates the other at this point uh so it's it's pretty i'd, I'd say parody is the name of the game what do you think I know that Chuck loves parody, so he must be thrilled about the conversation. Um, yes. So you're right. I mean, Telnet and Sparcy are pretty even. Um, I think that the the team swaps that we did and the realignment, we don't have one conference that totally dominates the other. Um, even though, you know, the last few years, one conference was consistently winning the championship, but last year you know, the other conference was completely dominating the regular season. We're not seeing that this year. It's, it's a very even on both sides. So, I mean, it's good to see, it's good to see teams, you know, no, like besides hater techs, zero and seven, I mean, everyone else has at least two wins. Everyone's pretty close. 
like I said earlier, no one is has a super team. Every team has holes. It's good to see competition. It's good to see everyone being competitive. So I like it. Indeed. However, I also want to win. So <laughs> parody's good, but uh, fuck you. I want to win. Uh, <laughs> um, I'd also throw in surprises uh, just the massive amount of trading that's gone on in the last week. Uh, that's been a very pleasant surprise to me. Totally agree. I love seeing trades, even if I'm not involved with them. I love seeing, I was excited to see the trade last night um, between uh, who was it, Chuck and and rev yeah mm-hmm. that trade i was excited to see that good good stuff seeing trades let's yes, do more of it i love it let's see more we've only got a couple more weeks before the trade deadline so let's get more uh yeah yeah that's right hey do you want to make a trade we'll talk we'll talk we'll talk off mic um yeah now that we're past by again we'll talk off mic <laughs> there we go <laughs> uh any other surprises you want to bring up for first half of the season honestly I mean, awful waffles can fit in most of these categories. <laughs> yes, he can. Um, I, I don't. I don't think anyone saw that this coming. His Owen or his two and five start, his eleventh place right now. I still think he can turn it around and be a playoff team. And an awful waffles team in the playoffs, especially as like a number eight, is a scary team. They are dangerous. Um, the fact, yeah. Um, with the but. I'm surprised that he is um, this low, especially with that running back threesome that he has. It's, mm-hmm. it's I'm, I'm shocked. If if he gets them all back and they're all healthy, they are quite dangerous in the playoffs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's look at some disappointments. The NFFL. Um, the only one I really uh, threw in there uh, is uh, hey. Guess what? Awful waffles. <laughs> and it's not so much for my personal disappointment um, that it makes me sad or anything, but just the fact that after the draft, you know, they come out, Yahoo's grading them with an A+. plus. You know, we all look at that. And here they are, 11th place halfway through the regular season. And if the playoffs started today, they'd be on the outside looking in. And uh, it's just been... A huge disappointment. You got any other disappointments to add to that list? Um, I would actually add Bear Bunda's nightmare, only because they were, by Yahoo's projections, supposed to be the number one team in Telnet. And they're sitting down in eighth, in fifth out of sixth in the conference. Uh, I don't think that's where they wanted to be. I mean, he's still in the playoff spot right now, but he's fighting uh, with Gridiron and the Panthers. Uh, and actually in Awful Waffles for that last spot. So he has some room to grow on that roster. We'll see if he can make up some ground that he lost. But I would say that's one of the disappointments I have, at least as far as like the NFFL is just where he's at right now. And I, I give him kudos. This is, you know, this is not uh, two years ago where he was shouting the last few draft picks from, you know, the bathroom in the basement up the stairs, but should have had a better season up to this point. <laughs> Well, let's look ahead. What storylines do you see going for the NFFL from this point forward? What do you think is going to happen? Well, I see a couple storylines playing out. And the biggest one, I think, for me is going to be, again, the theme of this segment, Awful Waffles. Is he going to, for the first time in his career, miss the playoffs and be in the lottery? It's going to be a fight for that playoff spot. But he is really one game back and some points back 
but one game back of that playoff spot. So that's going to be my storyline that I'm most interested in is, is awful waffles going to make, miss the playoffs for the first time in his career. Yeah. My, my storyline is uh, at this point is hater tech. That's, that's the storyline I'm really interested in. Cause you know, he's made these trades. I want to see where it goes. Yeah. I want to see if he can, if he can overtake awful waffles. Absolutely. You know, it reminds me of, remember the year that um, actually Rob had to leave and Zangus took over his roster and he went from the bottom and he ended up winning the league that year because of transactions that he made. Rob's actually replicating a lot of that. He's doing these, these moves that are, you know, strategically placing him in a way that his roster is now deeper and better than it was a week ago. We'll see, like you said, if, if he can pull himself out of that hole, uh, it's going to be tough. Um, but I mean, he can technically be a seven and seven team if he wins out. Will it happen? I doubt it, but you know, he can at least fight for the number eight. That could happen. All you, it's, if last year taught us anything, it's all you got to do is get in the playoffs. Yep, <laughs> exactly. That's all you got to do. All right. So give me your eight teams who finishes in the playoffs. Oh man. Well, I'm going to say, um, just looking at the seeds right now, I'm going to say Lance, Man Love, Night Shift, Diamond Dogs. And I'm going to say, actually, I'm going to say Awful Waffles. I'm going to say four and four. So those are the four Spicy teams. I'm going to say for Telnet, it's going to be Roster Guard, Flutie Flakes, Jim Kelly. And I'm going to say Barabunda. I'm going to say E Town Drops. How about you? Uh, I, I'd go with Lance, Night Shift, Diamond Dogs, and Roster, Flutie, and Jim Kelly. Um, I would definitely put Barabunda in for Telnet. Um, I can see Ninja Panthers overtaking uh, Gridiron and somehow sneaking into that number eight spot. So we both have E-Town dropping out, and we both have another varsity team coming in i have e-town dropping into that ninth spot that's what i see so so with that your your draft lottery would be e-town hater tech ninja panthers and gridiron Correct. and mine would be e-town hater tech uh gridiron and awful waffles so yep who do you have winning the Pierce? I have the, I, I mean, he's two games down halfway through the year. I don't know. It might be closer towards the end of the season, but man, being two games down halfway point, that's going to be a tough hole to come out of. I think Hater to Tech comes out mm-hmm. with the Pierce. I, I can't argue with the logic on that one. Uh, I'd say the only, the only real competition is you know what it could go to ninja panthers or awful waffles too as much as i could see ninja panthers sneaking into that eight spot at the same time he could drop down to 12 (laughs) yeah yeah and honestly if if uh mccaffrey doesn't get healthy that's a very real possibility that awful waffles stumbles down there as well yeah with no mccaffrey if awful waffles lose if he drops two out of the next three games I see Awful Waffles definitely not making the playoffs and very real possibility of falling to uh, that Pierce spot. Totally agree. So who do you have winning it all? I have Chuck, who hasn't won in many years, 
but is our he's like our Dallas he's gonna hate that I sent it. He's our <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh you, know, you as heard in, it like, here first. Chuck is the Cowboys. Yeah, Chuck is the Cowboys. He's a team and he's gonna he's gonna I'm sure gonna get a message about this one. <laughs> he's won many, many titles in the past, but really hasn't won one in the last like he I think he won four out of the first ten, but one out of the last ten. If I if I if I remember that correctly. He's due. He's looking good. I don't think Barkley's going to be the key. I don't think Barkley's going to be healthy, but he's making the other moves that's going to get push him over. I think Jim Kelly hates cancer wins um, the Phyllis this year. I can see that. Uh, I'm calling for a night shift Flutie Flakes championship. Nice. That's my prediction. I'd give myself the edge just by sheer numbers, just because I, I'm, yeah. I'm just edging you out in just about every category. You can't argue with that those picks because you're picking the top two teams right now as far as points scored. So, I mean, statistically, th- those picks make sense. Um, I mean, I would pick uh, Jim Kelly beating, honestly, I mean, it doesn't even, I don't even know because we're not playing conference playoffs anymore. So it really could be, I mean, he could be playing me in the title. He could be playing... John in a title game, you know, but honestly, I don't, I don't know. I think it will end up being, I think, oh man, the, the top three in Sparcy are tough. You, Ben, and Jason, I can see either one, either one of you being in that title game as well. Um, but I think Chuck pulls it out. Yeah. All you right. You pick yourself beating me. I, so. I do. I do. I, I got to have faith. <laughs> I, you should. You should. Yeah. All right, so you heard it there first, gents. Mark your uh, mark your betting odds there. Put your money down. Scott will take all bets, and Ben will cover because Ben's uh, Ben's our bookie apparently. So let's go ahead and look ahead just one week at this upcoming slate of games for Week Eight. got a couple of interconference games this week, but we're going to start with one of them. Uh, we're going to start with Night Shift at 5-2, and two, taking on E-Town at 3-4. and four. Super early projected outcome is Night Shift by around 20 based on who's currently on the roster. A little bit hard because there are some holes projecting based on who's there. Uh, coming off a tough loss, uh, Night Shift direct result of by mageddon need to win to keep pace with lance manlove in in sparcy my player to watch for them is austin eckler uh bill belichick has a history of shutting down their opposition's number one player the question is is it austin or is it mike williams or does he go after justin herbert and if it's mike williams does Austin get to benefit from Mike being the target? What do you think about night shift this week? I mean, my night shift looks good. Um, I, I think this game is going to be a little bit closer, um, but I think 
I mean, you got Ezekiel Elliott. He's going to play in Minnesota. I think that's going to be a good matchup for him, especially coming off the bye. Um, I look for big points from him. And I mean, that, those the Rams stack, Stafford and Cup. I, I think, I mean, it's hard to lose when you have those guys <laughs> in your lineup. It is. Now, across the field, E-Town, they've been inconsistent all season. They need a win to get back to 500 and stay in playoff contention. Uh, their player to watch for me is James Robinson. Uh, been on by. Uh, he's their stud RB going up against a very generous Seattle Rush defense. The question is, can Jacksonville keep it close enough for him to be relevant? I personally think they can because, you know, we already talked about Geno being Geno. Uh, what do you think about E-Town? Uh, Derek Henry playing in Indianapolis for the second time this year. Uh, first game, he didn't have a touchdown. Um, I feel like he's going to be in the end zone this week. I think this is going to be a close matchup. I mean, once E-Town sets his lineup, puts in the guys that belong in the starting lineup, I think this is going to be close. I love Justin Jefferson. I think he's going to have a big week against Dallas. I, I don't know why, but I feel like be be prepared Just for that, that one. Just that gut instinct. Yeah. Yeah, I, yep. I think it's going to be a lot closer than Yahoo's saying, too. Um, I am picking Night Shift to uh, rebound from that loss and a uh, closer game than Yahoo's predicting. Moving on, let's look at Ninja Panthers at 2-5, and five, taking on Gridiron Mafia at 3-4. and four. Super early projected outcome, Ninja Panthers going to take this one by just a couple. For Ninja Panthers, they're in the midst of a three-game losing streak. Two of those games, one was only by 12 points, and one was only by three points just this past week. And desperately needing a win to stay in the playoff hunt. Their player to watch for me is DeAndre Hopkins. He's got a Thursday night football game against a tough Green Bay defense and reports are he's nursing a sore hamstring. Uh, he's not officially on you know, injured, can't practice type of injury, but it's a hamstring. Uh, what do you think about Ninja Panthers this week? His team's looking good this week. Um, I mean, he has to get Lazard out because I know he is on the COVID list now. I mean, those Packer wide receivers playing on a Thursday night game, stay away from the COVID guys. Um, but he has a depth at wide receiver to fill those holes. I, I would, I'm excited to see Henderson, if he can rebound from last week's dud. I think he can um, against Houston. I mean, who doesn't rebound against Houston? Let's be honest here. That's a big matchup for him. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Although it does worry me that uh, Henderson didn't do anything against the Lions last week, and they're even worse than Houston against the run. <laughs> Are they? According to stats, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that yeah, the receivers are dropping like flies. Another receiver is going to come up later. Um, let's hop over to uh, Gridiron Mafia. Um, they want to build on their dominating win last week and improve on their poor one and three conference record. I'm going to be watching Leonard Fournette. He gets New Orleans and their number six rushing defense. But New Orleans have been showing themselves to be a bit inconsistent. Excuse me, a bit inconsistent as well. So which New Orleans defense shows up against Tampa Bay this week? What do you think about Gridiron Mafia? Tell you what, I'm excited to see Jonu Smith 
on that roster <laughs> starting and getting a solid five points for that lineup. I think Gridiron Mafia is going to appreciate those five points that he gets. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 5.9. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I have currently uh, Gridiron Mafia winning um, and especially losing Lazard uh, to COVID. There's some options at wide receiver. Uh, I'm going to switch my pick. I'm going with Ninja Panthers. I think they're going to pull it out. Uh, I'm, I agree. I'm going with Ninja Panthers this week. Go with your playoff pick, man. I'm going with my playoff pick. And my correct sound effect. Well, let's move on to Awful Waffles at two and five, taking on Diamond Dogs at four and three. The super early projected outcome is that Awful Waffles take this by about two touchdowns. Now, for Awful Waffles, they finally broke their four game losing streak last week, and they need to start stacking some wins to avoid the Pierce and make the playoffs. Uh, for them, I'm watching Keenan Allen. I already mentioned Belichick and his uh, propensity. I'd expect Keenan to see some extra targets because I don't think he's going to be that number one weapon that gets shut down. It's either going to be Eckler or Mike Williams. Uh, what do you think about Awful Waffles this week? You know, I'm really um, curious to see what happens to Landry if he plays because um, we know that that Steeler defense can be beat. And for some reason, Cleveland just knows how to beat that defense. So if Landry plays, I think he has a good game i mean awful waffles wide receivers have not have been very inconsistent this season so i don't know i mean like you said keen allen uh smith sudden we'll see i have no idea what to expect but i'm i'll be i'll be keeping my eyes on those guys now for the diamond dogs their dominating performance last week was uh very nice to see and this week they get Najee harris and cd lamb back from the bye but my player to watch is Jamar Chase. Uh, the Jets are a joke of a defense, but that could potentially put a cap on Jamar in that they might not need him as much as they could really just let Joe Mixon run wild. Uh, what do you think about Diamond Dogs? I mean, you can't argue with this lineup. It's so um, impressive. I, I think, I mean, Najee Harris is the Steelers' offense right now i mean he's involved he's getting every carry he's in he's in the backfield what 90 percent of the plays he's getting so many targets uh i mean it's it's tough to look past him and i know that awful waffles has the running backs to boot but Najee might be the the number one uh back going into next season so i'll be keeping my eye on him Indeed. Uh, I am picking Diamond Dogs just because of the sheer volume of players coming back from by for this one. Let's move on to our Toilet Bowl game of the week. Now, this is an interconference game. Forgot that little stinger there for our first interconference game, but this is Flutie Flakes at five and two taking on Hater Tech. This is not an interconference game. Why did I have that on there? Uh, taking on Hater Tech at own seven. <laughs> 
Uh, super early projected outcome is that Flutie Flakes could not even start their defense and win this one because the super early projected outcome is that Flutie Flakes take this by over 70 points. And let's look at Flutie Flakes first. Uh, squeaked out their victory last week despite their anemic offense and hopes their studs can get back on track this week. My player to watch, Patrick Mahomey. Trying to force some plays last week, trying to force a lot of plays last week, uh, was checked and cleared for his possible concussion. And the Giants' defense looks good on paper, but the last month they've been sneaky good in real-life action. Uh, what do you think about your squad this week there, Bizzle? Well, I mean, let's be real here. My offense better show up this week because um, I don't think I have any guys out on a buy on my offense. So they better be producing the way that they've been producing before last week. I expect my newest running back, Aaron Jones, to uh, turn it around and be a focal point on the Thursday night game. That's who I'll be watching, especially with all these wide receivers out on COVID. I expect him to get a ton of looks. So that's who I'm, I'll be watching the most on my team. And for Hater Tech, uh, still winless. Went trade happy, hoping the rework roster will lead to salvation from the basement and the pierce. Probably not going to happen this week, but it's a building block. Uh, I'm going to keep my eye on Mike Evans this week. Gets a favorable, favorable matchup against New Orleans. But he may be nursing an ankle injury. Um, and if Antonio Brown returns this week as he's projected to, he will lose targets. Uh, what do you think about your opponent this week? Well, I'm playing the new and improved hater tech with Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers with him, no wide receivers. <laughs> exactly. Unfortunately for him, I don't know who he's going to target. Randall Cobb. I mean, he has, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm hoping he targets my guy. I'm hoping he targets John Jones. But honestly, I mean, it's a Thursday night game. And Thursday night games usually suck. Uh, and they're very unpredictable with scoring. Uh, but I'll keep my eye on him because, I mean, honestly, if he has a bad game, that's going to be horrible for Hater Tech because that's like a huge part of his offense. Uh, I am, uh, I'm going to take Hater. No, I'm taking Flutie Flakes. I'm not a moron. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on to Bear Boonda's Nightmare at 3 and 4, taking on Roster Guard 99 at 5 and 2. The super early projected outcome based on who's currently on the roster is that Bear Boonda is going to take this by about 12 points. For Bear Boonda, they picked up their third win last week over the number one team in the league and looking to further solidify their playoff spot. Uh, their player to watch is DK Metcalf for me. Uh, he's been surviving the Geno Smith experience. For instance, by sometimes one fortunate pass last week, Gino's first pass was a uh, 84, 86 yard touchdown and DK caught one other pass for like 12 yards. But is it going to continue to be so, is, is he going to be, can uh, continue to be so fortunate against Jacksonville? Probably. Um, but who knows? It's, it's the NFL in 2021. I could be completely off my mark. Uh, what do you think about Bear Bunda? Um, I'll be keeping my eye on Josh Allen. I feel like Miami has really struggled the last few games. Uh, and Buffalo is capable of putting up many, many points on anyone they play. 
so I think that's big points for for Bear Bunda um, putting Josh Allen in there. I think I think hopefully that'll pay out for him. What's up with all these empty roster spots? What's up with it? Like, are these are these guys just playing kickers this week? I feel like this is a kicker matchup. Okay, you know how Danny likes to play. Yeah, we know it's Danny. Um, I don't know what's going on with the roster guard. <laughs> uh, speaking of roster guard, they lose four players to buy this week, including the number two tight end in the league, Mark Andrews. And unless he manages to get two negative COVID tests before Thursday, Devontae Adams. Player to watch, Mike Williams uh, for the Chargers. It's either him or Austin that's going to be locked out. And if it is him, it's really going to hurt roster guard. Um, What do you think? I think uh, roster guard with that all of a sudden high-powered Cincinnati Bengal offense. Joe Burrow in there. He has Joe Mixon. I mean, Goddard doesn't have as much competition in that Philadelphia tight end room. I I, I like his chances. I mean, he's he's 5-2 and two for a reason. He, he finds ways to pull it out, and I think, I don't know, he has a tough lineup this week. We'll see. Now, this was one of the two most difficult games to pick this week because like you mentioned there are six total empty roster slots currently three on each side and i can't even guess based on what's on the bench so i'm just going with what's on the roster right now and i'm gonna go with roster guard 99 (laughs) and our final matchup is our game of the week with me, Bizzle. You know them. You love them. It is an interconference game. Jim Kelly hates cancer at 4-3, and three, taking on a new, brand new number one team in the league, Lance Manlove at 6-1. and one. Super early projected outcome. Lance Manlove takes this one by just under two points. That's right. Jim Kelly hates cancer licking their wounds after a brutal loss wants to make a statement over the current number one team in the league and the reigning champion. Player to watch for them, Justin Herbert. Look like a rookie before the bye. Gets the number seven New England defense at home after an extra week of practice. What do you think about Jim Kelly hates cancer? You know, he has Barkley in that lineup, um, which is a bold move. Because, I mean, he looks like he's supposed to be coming back this week, but you never know. Think I mean, but he does have the backup. He does have the, you know, the, the you know, Booker in there just in case. I think honestly, um, I mean, I love Herbert against this New England defense who's been playing good, but Herbert's capable of putting touchdowns up there against anybody. Mm-hmm. But I'll be watching, honestly, his running backs. Are they healthy? Are they going to be back? Like, that's really going to, you know, dictate this outcome. Indeed. Uh, and for Lance Manlove, they've got the best record in the NFFL, tied for the longest active win streak with yourself. Pride is on the line for them. Player to watch, Damian Harris. Last week's MVP could go either way. 
Historically, Belichick's running backs have not stacked back-to-back fantastic performances in the last few years. The Chargers' defense is soft against the run, but if the Chargers manage to go up early, I'd imagine Damian becomes less of a factor because Bill likes other running backs to catch passes for him. What do you think about Manlove? Um, His team's looking good this week. You know, a couple guys are coming off of down weeks. Um, but I'll be keeping my eye on actually T Higgins. Uh, he's getting those targets. He might not have put up the same points as Chase did, but 15 targets last week. He, I mean, he's a guy that is capable of putting up big numbers in that wide receiver spot for Jason. This could be actually a, you know, a preview of our championship game. It very well could be, and it could be a barn burner too. It could be. There could be a lot of points put up here. My pick on this one comes with a caveat. If Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley are both healthy and they both suit up, I'm picking Jim Kelly hates cancer. If not, this one goes to Lance Manlove. I would agree with that. So those are our six week eight games. Let's take a look at the Telnet versus Sparsy breakdown. As I mentioned, there were all six uh, interconference games in week seven. Sparcy came out on top four games to two. Uh, Telnet has six head-to-head wins while Sparcy has eight head-to-head records uh, with 14 games played. Uh, that's eight games to six. And Telnet with points scored 7,768.59. That just sounds wrong with a football game. I don't know. And collectively, the conference has a 20 and 22 record. Sparcy, on the other hand, 7,993.66 points scored with a 22 and 20 uh, record collectively as a conference. And like I mentioned at the beginning with the whole parody, uh, fuck you, Chuck. Um, I'm channeling Ben tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Halfway through, still pretty, pretty even. You know, Sparcy's got a slight edge at this point, but that's probably only because you have the only winless team in the league in Telnet there. Still anyone's game as far as which conference comes out on top at the end of the season. Uh, my picks for this week were Night Shift, Ninja Panthers, Diamond Dogs, Flutie Flakes, Roster Guide 99, and Jim Kelly Hates Cancer if both Saquon and Chubb are healthy and start. Last week, I went 2-4 and four in my picks, 25-17 on the season. Bizzle, you want to take that last block of information there and take us out? Sure. Uh, don't forget, you can buy your NFFL swag on Redbubble with bit.ly uh, slash NF, or I'm sorry, bit.ly slash Nellis NFFL. I know that I'll be hoping to get a Flutie Flakes hoodie uh, for Christmas from my yeah. wife. Uh, so uh, that's the goal. That's the plan. Uh, buys <laughs> this week include Baltimore and Las Vegas. Uh, Thursday night football game is Green Bay at Arizona. That's right. And uh, thanks for stopping by, dropping into studio here. Thank you, Ed, for having me. Yep. It was fun. And good good fortune to you this week and the rest of the season. And uh, we'll see all of you guys next week. And on the gridiron.
The NFFL Podcast is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story.